Same Soul Productions presents The Rome Dialogue, Episode 6, The Vatican. Our pacing and recording may not be the same as when you're actually there, so feel free to stop and pause when you need to. We won't be offended. Welcome to Vatican City, home of some of the world's longest standing rituals and largest purchaser of incense. Just kidding. The last one is in a confirmed fact. Piazza San Pietro, or St. Peter's Square, is the front yard of the Vatican. This was originally where Nero's circus, where early Christians were martyred. The most famous of those was Peter, who was supposedly buried in a cemetery where the basilica now stands. The obelisk in the center was also the centerpiece of the circus. That towering granite saw the fall of the pharaohs to the Greeks and the Greeks to the Romans before being shipped across the Mediterranean and put here, where it saw the Roman Empire rise and fall and be replaced with the church who it had martyred. We'll talk about more of that later, but the church at the other end of this oval square is St. Peter's Basilica. The old St. Peter's was built by Constantine after he converted to Christianity. The new church was built during the Renaissance. If you look to the right of the domed basilica, you can see a triangular roof line and a little smokestack. If you don't know why that smokestack is important, just ask Jim. Okay, shifting to Vatican City as a whole. It's the smallest, fully independent nation state. Yes, you can count the Vatican as visiting a whole separate country. The Vatican didn't recognize Italy as a country, though, until 1929, when Mussolini guaranteed independence and guaranteed it as an independent state. The Pope is the head of the government inside the country and still resides inside the Vatican Palace, which is to the right of St. Peter's. The relationship between the Vatican and the Holy See is hysterically convoluted, and another great thing to ask Jim to geek out on, and he may make you watch a CGP Grey video about it. The Vatican City has its own language, banks, pharmacies, postal service, and private army of Swiss guards whose funny uniforms were designed by Michelangelo. There are 825 people who reside in this country with an average of 7 million visitors a year. It's a lot to keep up. But for what you'll be seeing today, let me give you a rundown of the Vatican Museum. There's going to be a lot of walking ahead of you. And here's a disclosure. You don't have to look at everything. You shouldn't look at everything. Find a steady pace, keep your eyes open for the main highlights, and only look at things that draw you in. So, here's the starting point. When you walk in, you'll see a giant pine cone out in the courtyard with two peacocks to the side of it. Yes, it's important. It's a giant pine cone. This was created 2,000 years ago and is a good anchor for how much of the art you will see was created for this place specifically, as opposed to lots of other museums who conquered and stole art to take back to their countries. Out in the courtyard, you will also find some contemporary art pieces. Next, you'll see a lot of statues. They're mostly copies of Greek statues. While Greek statues were originally painted bright colors, when the Romans came around, they were bleached white so the Roman statues have never been painted. Fun fact, when you walk past the Apollo statue, look at the face and remember it if you can. The face of Jesus Christ in the Last Judgment painting in the Sistine Chapel was painted to look like this face. As you enter the Hall of Muses, you'll start to see that a lot of the architecture becomes the art itself. 
there will be paintings and frescoes in here that were commissioned throughout the history of the Vatican Palace, and you'll see Roman style encapsulates these rooms. Another fun fact, the word muses means those who protect art, culture, and music, and it's where the words, both words, museum and music, come from. In this Hall of Muses, you'll see a statue called Torso. This is an original Greek statue, and you'll see the signature of the artist on the rock, which is honestly a huge rarity for this time. Michelangelo used this statue as a model for several of his works, and it's reported that this is how and why Michelangelo became such a great sculpture. You're going to be near the gallery of maps now. Here you'll see maps of Italy throughout centuries, representing the growth over time. Except Italy as a country didn't exist when these were created. Most were created within the 1500s, and a lot of them depict early Rome. The ceiling in this hall was commissioned by Pope Gregory XIII, the guy who made the Gregorian calendar. All right, time to enter one of my favorite places, the Raphael Rooms. There's four rooms that Raphael was given free reign on by Pope Julius II. These were the Pope's private apartments at the time. He is one of the best artists in the Renaissance era for capturing light in his paintings, and he was working on painting these rooms while Michelangelo was painting the Sistine Chapel. The Room of the Signature holds the most famous fresco. Um, it, the fresco is titled The School of Athens. Each wall in this room represents the four branches of knowledge in the Renaissance, theology, literature, justice, and philosophy. The School of Athens demonstrates the tenet of philosophy and is meant to represent Greek concepts in the Roman Empire, as the building in the fresco is the early constructed of the new St. Peter's Basilica. Look in the right corner of the painting, the face in the black hat staring at the viewer from behind the column. That's Raphael putting himself into the company of these other great minds. All right, stretch your necks out and prepare to be silent. We've made it to the Sistine Chapel. Michelangelo painted the ceiling as well as the last judgment on the wall. This is particularly an important place as this is where the election of a new pope occurs. The Sistine Chapel ceiling took Michelangelo four years to paint and was one of the earliest commissions he received in his 30s. He painted the last judgment and he was 65. The ceiling represents the creation of life from the center out, displaying the story of Christ beginning from Adam and God in the center of the fresco of the ceiling. After exiting the Sistine Chapel, you're going to see a very odd shift into the Pope's collection of modern and contemporary art. He doesn't have anything super important in here, so just pause and see if something looks interesting to you. Otherwise, go get some fresh air, buy a magnet, eat some gelato, all that good stuff. We will see you for St. Peter's Basilica. <laughs>